Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm very, very glad to have you here today. For those of you who are new here, my name is Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for The Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. I'm also a writer, speaker, and attorney, and you can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaike.com. Last season, I got a lot of positive feedback from listeners who enjoyed the Q&A episode. So I decided to do another one this season. When I was planning this episode, I actually consulted with some friends who I know listen to the podcast about what they might like to hear on a Just For Fun episode. And I got some great ideas. One friend suggested, since I enjoy different personality assessments, I've talked about at least one of them on this show Uh, She suggested that I share my different personality assessments. So I thought, sure. I mean, I get suggested articles on this all the time because I spend enough time thinking about them and studying them and trying to gain some insight into myself and others through them that Google just knows. It's a pretty sure bet. If it shows me an article about this, I will click on it. Okay, first up, now listen, I'm not, I, I don't think that, I don't think that I can call myself a true Harry Potter fan because I've never read any of the books. I have seen the movies. I enjoyed them. But when Harry Potter came out, I was super into Lord of the Rings. And, you know, just sometimes different fandoms kind of pass you by. But I enjoy it. And I have a lot of very good friends who are very into the Harry Potter book series and know them intimately. And one of those people is one of my nieces. And it just so happened that a couple of years ago, on a whim, I took this quiz about which house of Hogwarts I would belong to. See, like, I maybe don't know the world that well, but I know like certain vocabulary words. I took a couple of different quizzes and I always came up Ravenclaw. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty fun. Ravenclaw, okay, but they're known for their wit and kind of reason and that kind of thing. And I I thought, sure, okay, that's cool. And it just so happened that within a week or two after that, my sister texted me and said that she wanted to know, my niece wanted to know what my Harry Potter house was. And I said, I just took this quiz and I'm Ravenclaw. Well, you know what? My niece is Ravenclaw as well, and no one else in her immediate family was Ravenclaw, and she had guessed that that's what I would be. Now, at the time, when I saw her a few weeks later at Christmas, she was all decked out in a Ravenclaw t-shirt. She had her nails painted. Was it like a, like maybe a navy blue and copper? Please don't hold it against me if I got it wrong, but something like that. And and that was just a big part of her interests at that point. And so it meant something. My sister is a Gryffindor. And then my other niece and I believe my brother-in-law were both Slytherin. And so my niece found, you know, real camaraderie with me for that. And The fact that I'm Ravenclaw probably means a lot more to some of you listening than it does to me. And it'll probably give you even more insight into me than I have about it. 
Next up is the Myers-Briggs. Now, can I just say something? Listen, I know that these personality assessments are not the end-all be-all, and I know that it's important to not pigeonhole ourselves and think, well, this is the this is what defines me. I can't be anything else. I mean, for me personally, as a person of faith, like that defines me much more, right? But I have found that Looking at these things and learning about them has given me insight into my own strengths, has given me insight into my weaknesses and what I can work on. And isn't that the point, right? Um, I'm not trying to say that uh, this defines me for everything. So just anyway, I just wanted to go ahead and say that it wouldn't have occurred to me that this was a problem to people because what people are interested in is what they're interested in. But okay, this is a caveat that I've heard other people say. So I'm given the caveat. So my Myers-Briggs is ENFJ. Can I just say, actually, I'm going to just pause. These different assessments, these next three that I give you are all the same assessments as Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Okay. Okay. So when, um, when I was first learning about ENFJ, I remember Googling what TV characters were also ENFJ and it is very rarely portrayed on TV and movies were kind of like leaders who want to really draw the best out of everybody and equip people. I mean, me doing this podcast, my very interest in doing this podcast at all is so in line with this personality description. And Leslie Nope was the only person who came up as a character who was also ENFJ. ENFJs have to be careful to not give too much unsolicited advice to guard our words and and just be respectful about how we advise how we advise people when we want what's best for them when we want to pull out of them everything that can make a person feel empowered and live up to their potential like i love even talking about it but enfjs can get just a little too overzealous with it and that's something that i have worked on for a very long time to be gentle with my advice and to just try I rather actually, I really try not to give advice too much. I I tend to prefer to ask more questions to find out what the other person is saying and try to kind of assess that back for them, if that makes sense. And I think that is a much better way to help someone find their strengths and their potential and their capabilities for themselves. This podcast is very much more an advice, like a direct advice giving thing, because it's not like we're actually engaging in a conversation, but inspiring and equipping you to pursue your calling and make a difference in the world. It just flows right in with being an ENFJ. And you know what else? It also kind of flows into is my Enneagram, which is a one wing two, which is also known as the reformer. Sometimes it's known as the activist, which is literally my job description. I was reading a great book about the Enneagram called The Road Back to You. And the author, this was um, like probably five or probably about five years, five or six years into my overall journey of becoming an anti-human trafficking activist. And so this is a wing of a perfectionist, by the way. Ones are a perfectionist. A one wing two is called a reformer or activist. And anyway, in this in this chapter about a one, this guy actually said that ones are very uh, justice-oriented and they are very angry <laughs> about things that are not right with the world and they will seek a channel for that anger to really do something about it. 
And he actually mentioned they might, for example, become an activist against sex trafficking. And I was like, wow. At that point, I was still trying to figure out what my Enneagram was. And that really stood out to me. That wasn't why. That wasn't the only reason why. But it it definitely stood out to me. So a perfectionist has to be really careful about, for one, being critical of other people. And which, and two, like that usually comes out of such a harsh voice of an inner critic that can be pretty relentless. And for me, that has definitely been an issue with certain activities. Yeah, voice of an inner critic is definitely something that I have struggled with. But also, uh, a one wing two is described as somebody who, once again, wants to help other people see their potential and kind of bring people along with them to make a difference in the world. I had already started this podcast when I learned that I was a one wing two. And so it was very funny to me how the theme of this show, ones, by the way, are all about systems and organization and making things run as efficiently as possible, improving, 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 refining, improving. And I was like, wow, if that does not describe me to a T. Efficiency is very important to us. Productivity is very important to us. And then we have a hard time thinking that we deserve to take a break or have fun. I'm like, wow, okay, all right, please stop telling me everything about myself. When I am in a place of being relaxed as a one, I go to what's called, I go to the Enneagram 7. I start to take on those qualities, which is fun-loving and spontaneous and adventurous. And I do, I will take on some of those things when I'm around other people, especially because I'm an extrovert and I like being around people to a degree. ENFJs, by the way, are basically the most introverted of the extroverts on the Myers-Briggs. So see, it's all flowing together. Um, But when I'm around people, I do like to have fun. I like to laugh a lot. But when I just feel the weight of responsibility a lot of the time and that can make it a little bit difficult for me to take a break and and just have fun. And it's something that I need to keep an eye on because when I am feeling more fun and spontaneous, I know that means that I'm probably in a pretty good place mentally. But if I am withdrawn and really kind of up in my own head a lot, that is a good indicator that I need to check on my mental health. So that's how that knowing about Enneagram has really helped me. And then I'll wrap up this section by saying that also on the four tendencies, which I've talked about a lot, Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies assessment, I am an upholder. And that too goes along very well, complements a one wing two and ENFJ. I do go into depth talking about the four tendencies, but basically I respond readily to both my inner expectations for myself and outer expectations from others. That's kind of the gist of being an upholder and You can definitely hear me talk about that much more in some previous episodes. So there you go. My personality in a little nutshell for you, if you were interested, my friend said that people would be interested. And so I just literally, I didn't have any notes. I've just been talking off the cuff, um, just off the top of my head with my thoughts that come to mind. So it's real cash. Another idea that I heard from a friend was to do some top five lists that they thought that would be fun. And I was like, top five lists about me. I was like, okay, what type of top five lists should I do? So I went to the internet and during one of my YouTube live streams, I asked the people who were attending my live stream, what 
they thought could be an interesting set of top five lists. And I honestly was... I didn't expect anything. I didn't know if anyone would reply at all. And then they brought all of these great ideas that they would be interested in hearing about. And so I thought, all right, I can definitely do this. So are you ready for this? Here are some of my top five things in life. All right. First up are my top five favorite books. Fiction books, to be exact. Here you go. But by the way, some of these are series and I am counting them as one. And uh, since this is my show, I set the rules for this top five list and I'm counting them as one. By the way, it's raining outside as I'm recording this and it's just wonderful. I can hear the rain falling. It's so quiet and I am loving it. (laughs) Okay, here are my top five favorite books in the fiction category. A Room with a View by E.M. Forster, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, Lord of the Rings, which I'm counting as one, by J.R.R. Tolkien, The Chronicles of Narnia, yes, all of them, Because I Say So, by C.S. Lewis, and Number the Stars by Lois Lowry. Musicals. I was surprised to see this one come up. Here we go. I'm not somebody who listens to musicals or show tunes a lot, but I do love these. Hairspray, especially the movie version. Uh, My Fair Lady, classic. Rent, which came out when I was in high school and meant a lot. Our show choirs performed Rent and it meant so much to me. Those songs and that musical is just embedded in my memory. Bride and Prejudice, which is a Bollywood style musical. Uh, So fun. And then Phantom of the Opera, classic. When I was in high school, I had a piano book of this music. I played the song music of the night at my cousin's wedding. And I went and saw the musical when it came to Des Moines in high school. So that's just, that was a special night for me. So that's always going to be one that's important to me. My friend and previous guest on the show, Allie Dethridge, suggested my five favorite languages. I was like, oh, that's interesting. French, of course. I studied French for 12 years. I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in French. I taught college French for four and a half years and I lived in France for a year. So I mean, it's gotta be right up there, right? Next up, I wouldn't have expected prior to 2021. It's Swedish. I talked about this on a previous episode where I did a feature called I Tried a Thing and I talked about Duolingo and on a complete whim, decided to learn Swedish. It's so different from anything I've ever studied and it's got a real place in my heart now. Next up is Portuguese. I have never learned a word of Portuguese. In my opinion, it's just the most beautiful language. I love listening to it. Next language I'm going to list is Lingala. Lingala is a language native to Central Africa. And one of my best friends, also previous guest of the show, Anna Danforth, she and her husband grew up in Central Africa as missionary kids. And when she and I were becoming friends in the early 2000s, she taught me some Bible songs, some church songs that were in Lingala. And some of the words, some of the Lingala words that I learned are still a part of my everyday life in different ways. And it's just always, uh, it's always going to be an important language to me. I'm going to list Korean as my fifth one. There was a time in college when I felt as a person of faith, I felt that God really put Korea on my heart to pray for. And I have prayed for um, Korea, North and South Korea ever since. And um, I had a Korean neighbor in my dorm, Ji Young. 
And uh, she spent a few weeks teaching me Korean and gave me some children's books in Korean, which I held on to for a long time. And then I actually um, gifted to a friend with young kids because their dad is part Korean. So the kind of kind of paying it forward, um, I was really happy to do that. So yeah, she's always had a special place in my heart. And then Mandy Markham, another friend of the podcast who has helped me edit so many episodes and has been a guest. Korea is a really important area of the world to her as well. And then I'm going to give a bonus favorite language, and that is Bulgarian in honor of my friend Desi who is Bulgarian. I visited her in Bulgaria in Plovdiv 11 years ago, and it was wonderful. I won't give long explanations for all of these, but some of them, in my opinion, needed a little bit of context. Okay, here are the rest. Actors, favorite actors, Ben Schwartz, obviously, Steve Carell, Andy Samberg, Adam Scott, Paul Rudd. I love all of them. Actresses, Emma Stone, Amy Poehler, Alison Brie, Tina Fey, Mindy Kaling. Very easy list to make. Runner-up, Jenna Fisher. Favorite TV shows, Parks and Rec. Community, Schitt's Creek, 30 Rock, The Office, and the runner-up is The West Wing. Um, I've, I might have said this before. I prefer comedy shows. I, um, I need to laugh a lot in this life. It really helps my mental health, but The West Wing is my number one favorite TV drama. Um, I also like Gilmore Girls and Comedy Bang Bang and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the IT crowd and Arrested Development, (laughs) Frasier. There's so many that are coming to mind, but I had to list these as my very, very top faves. Next up, top five favorite movies. Here you go. Working Girl, I Love You Man, Lord of the Rings. It's three movies. I'm counting them as one. I make the rules. Crazy Stupid Love and an often overlooked 80s classic adventures in babysitting oh moving on Allie Dethridge also suggested this one smells favorite smells the earth after rain when I'm done recording this I will go open the back door to my house and just smell just like taking a big waft of air because it's raining today like I mentioned similarly fresh snow oh my gosh The world smells so amazing, so crisp and clean after a snowfall. And then a couple of candles. One is an unfortunately out of production candle called Pomelo Coconut. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. And then another one is Warm Tobacco Pipe, which you can get at Marshall's. It makes me so happy to smell this. And finally, alfalfa. That is a type of grass that is grown to make hay. And again, I'm not a country girl, even though I grew up in Iowa. I was not, I did not spend a lot of time in rural parts, but I drove through the country all the time to get back and forth to college. And the smell, the sweet smell of alfalfa when it's growing is just amazing. All right. Last list, five favorite cities. The two that I listed in the United States are Chicago and Seattle. And then I listed Geneva, Switzerland, Paris, France, and London, England. This was a hard choice. I like a lot of them. So there you have it. Just some fun lists. Just some fun thoughts about me. I hope it was fun for you. I enjoyed um, talking about this stuff and putting these lists together. You know, in Mindy Kaling's book, I think it's her first one, why is everyone hanging out without me? She said that when she was a kid, she would keep a, a list in her pocket of something like this, like 
favorite TV shows, favorite books, favorite movies. She'd keep them like maybe in her wallet or something like that so that if she was ever called upon for this list, she was always prepared to take part in the conversation. That's something I can really get behind. All right, let's wrap up this episode with your impact highlights. One, I stole this from an earlier season episode. It's a quote by Felicia Day. Knowing yourself is life's eternal homework. Two, personality assessments can't give us all the answers about our life or our direction, but they can help us consider our strengths and areas of growth opportunities in ways we haven't thought of before. And that is definitely helpful for making your impact. And three, think about putting together some lists of your favorite things. You never know when such a list could spark an idea for self-care or where you might move someday or even what impact you might decide to make. I would love to know which of these impact highlights resonates with you the most. You can leave your answer to that question on the post for this episode on my social media platforms by searching Melissa Ike, E-I-C-K on Facebook and Instagram and at MJ Ike on Twitter. I'll be back next week with more to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make a positive difference in the world. Until then, please subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.